Hello and welcome back to another episode of that podcast. My name is Ryan Janke and as always, I am joined by Pastor DJ Lura, Dana Mashevsky, and Sarah DeYoung. And just a note for anyone who wanted to know, the mayor of Las Vegas is Carolyn Goodman, whose husband was Oscar B. Goodman. That's not who I'm thinking of then. Then, okay. It, it was the second in command to Lucky Luciano. His name wasn't Oscar. It, mm. was, it was Ira or, or something like that. But I'm not sure. I'm going to Google it. All right. <laughs> we'll pick this up. Because well, there's your according, the according to the great, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Dean Martin. And who was the other guy? Well, there was... Uh, Not the Rat Pack, Dean Martin and uh, uh, Jerry Lewis. Oh, sure. The great Jerry Lewis who has said that back in those days, the mob was run by Jewish lawyers. Oh, okay. And so that's how that's how all the deals between mm-hmm. between um, uh, uh, Martin and Lewis were with the with the producers. They It, it was just speak to Jerry because he, he saw himself as kind of like Dean Martin's uh, lawyer. In making hmm. all their deals, so but he was talking about the mob back in that day. Okay. Now, for anyone wondering, what in the world are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, just prior just to stepped starting, into a minefield. Yeah, here. right. <laughs> just prior to starting this conversation, we got an interesting conversation about Ryan's experience at the Mob Museum. And what year was that? Well, I was there, I believe, in 2012. Oh, so this, this is a long time ago. Yeah, it was like like I said, a month after mm-hmm. it opened. And then Sarah was just there recently. Mm-hmm. That's the connection. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have to trade notes later and mm-hmm. see what they what what they've changed. <laughs> what they've What's changed new? In what the they brought in? Because I imagine they've got to have something new. Yeah. yeah that's almost ten years. Yeah. It's twenty twenty two now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Time flies when you're having fun. Yes. All right. Well, we've got business to take care of. Yeah, I guess we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, my mind's all about mob bosses Yeah, now. now I'm like in this rabbit hole of like, this is the crime family. And then they, yep. I'm um, like got a timeline now. Well, and, and Mrs. Goodman must be married to someone a little bit more relevant than the, than the 1920s. Because that's Oscar. when uh, Lucky Luciano was mm-hmm. doing his thing. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll check this out for you and we'll have a... We'll have an answer. We'll check back next. We'll go back. <laughs> this will be the uh, the uh, um, this kind of, it is kind of funny that it's the life support. Yes, the beginning of the life support episode as we're talking about mob things too. Yes, so we'll interweave <laughs> the two together: the mob and life support. The mob and life support. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, this uh, we, we've moved beyond the sermon series, life realigned, and uh, Pastor Cross, who was. Carrying a monkey wrench just uh, a couple weeks ago is now a a fully tenured doctor <laughs> on Sunday mornings with his uh, his white you know because if you wear a white jacket you're mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. a doctor of course yeah, yep. absolutely right? you can't just it's wear definitely one. not a like a legal thing to go into hospital <laughs> with at all it has his name on it that means it's so, it's so legit so Dana asked me last week she's like so so Pastor Cross is a doctor right but he's mm-hmm. not an, he's not an MD mm-hmm. what kind of doctor is he and I said they well they have letters well yeah pa- Pastor Cross does have his doctorate but in the church it's got a funny name we call it a demon he's got a demon uh, <laughs> a doctor I it up after a doctor of ministry D period M I N period oh but it's I always thought it was so funny because I had I had friends that, that were colleagues at seminary and here mm-hmm. I am working on my master of divinity degree they're working on their demon <laughs> or their demons you know? are we all working on our demons exactly <laughs> we're all working on our demons if you so pay enough, if you pay enough money they give you a credential <laughs> where you can put doctor in your name yeah 
So, but that's how Pastor Cross is is the Reverend Doctor mm-hmm. because uh, he has his doctorate, his uh, uh, doctorate of ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you could tell he was waiting for a long time to be able to look at the camera and say, "I'm not a doctor." But I play one on, on TV. TV. Yeah, he was gilding the lily on that one, wasn't he? You could really see. <laughs> he was ex- so excited to make that joke. Yeah, he was. <laughs> well, it came off very well. Yeah. He was also very excited for his props. Well, we had yeah. fun with the Life Group video. Yeah? Uh, that, that I don't want to spoil it here, but yeah. I'll, I'll, show you, I'll show you later. I even got to use Sarah to help me make some props. Mm-hmm. Did did doc, uh, uh, did Pastor Cross take any uh, acting tips from Dr. Lin and his his movements of being a medical doctor? I don't know, but he should. Take the glasses that off. Is, that guy is great. Oh, I know. One of my favorite actors. He's got he's got a great line again this week coming up Wednesday night. You can catch that on YouTube or atonement.live. Nice. Or atonementfargo.org mm. during our Lent service. Well, and as you said, uh, uh, we've now moved from a, the realignment theme to uh, a medical theme uh, mm-hmm. with the sermon series, the three-part sermon series called Life Support. Mm-hmm. And this is where we talk about the means of grace. Now, another way to say means of grace is a sacrament. Big quiz, how many sacraments oh. are there? Isn't this dependent on your affiliation? It does. It does. Mm-hmm. What affiliation are you? Lutheran. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Three? You know what? You're really close. Two. Four. Mm, I'm colder. 17. Five. One. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know anymore. It's kind of <laughs> One cent, Pat. <laughs> One cent. Yeah. It, technically, there are only two, but it, it kind of teeters on two and a half. I said two, and you said I was cold. No, you said three. No, I, think I said four. Oh, no, I said two. You did not. I did. She okay. said three, Let's then four, then <laughs> someone said one. You said five. Play back the tape. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> I did. You I know, did. Every time you lie, Ryan, baby Jesus Christ. Hey. I just want you to know that. The, see that red button right there? That means this is being recorded. Oh. We can play so it come back. back next week to find out how yep. oh, no. no, no, we're going to download, upload this, and we're going to play it back immediately. <laughs> Uh, it now is, there should just be that like error sound you get from TV. When yes. <laughs> we checked the tape. Ryan did say two. Back to your regular programming. <laughs> now, it's two, two and a half is worth it. Two to three. Most people understand it as two because a sacrament has to have three things. Mm-hmm. And one of, the th- one of the life supports that Pastor Cross mentions today is one of those three things. Mm-hmm. So when you think about a sacrament... Sacrament means mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, a sacrament is a physical is the physical gospel that comes right to you where you're at. It has to have three things. You know what those three things are? Has to have. Well, let's start. Let, let me let me lay out the two of them, then you tell me what they have. I'd have answered, and then he'd have told me I was wrong. No, exactly. So I'm, I'm I'm giving you hints all over the place. The two concrete sacraments during the Reformation, and the reason why they came to these two. Because prior to that, there was thought to be seven, eight, or even nine. Mm-hmm. But during the Reformation, they started measuring everything according to what Scripture says. And they found that there was only two sacraments that can concretely be called sacraments. Mm-hmm. Sort of a third one, but really two mm-hmm. that meet these three criteria exactly that's found in Scripture. They mm-hmm. are holy baptism, mm-hmm. 
in the Lord's Supper or mm-hmm. Holy Communion. Yeah. So what what are the three things that are present that make Holy Baptism and the Lord's Supper sacraments? You, Jesus, and an element. Nice. One out of three. <laughs> Is it Jesus? Well, actually, Was that the right what? answer? We're going with halves here, so one and a half. <laughs> are necessary okay the element the element is the physical thing that you taste touch smell and see yeah mm-hmm. right um you know there 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 are the way that you you come to faith is hearing the gospel mm-hmm. well we only use one sense to hear the gospel it goes in through your ear your eardrums right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well god wants you to have a big fat faith so he gives you these extraordinary ordinary things mm-hmm. with which you can taste touch, smell, and see. So your other five senses are being used along with hearing in the sacraments. Okay? So you got the element right. Yeah. And you said Jesus, which is... promise. Holy Spirit. Jesus Jesus is is the source by which the other two come that are necessary for a sacrament. What does Jesus say? He gives us a command Mm -hmm. to do this. So why do we baptize? Because Jesus says, go and make disciples, baptizing them. Mm-hmm. Why do we take the Lord's Supper? Because Jesus says, take and eat, drink. Yep. It's a command. Okay. But Jesus also adds a promise that mm-hmm. gives himself and heaven itself and eternal life that begins now and continues forever in the doing, in the in the experiencing of these, these um, physical gospels. Mm-hmm. He says in um, the Lord's uh, in holy baptism, uh, those who believe and are baptized will be saved. That's an absolute promise. Yep. He says, uh, "Take and eat. This is my body. You're, you're meeting me here." And he also says, "This cup is the new covenant or the new testament in my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins." So the promise is Jesus handing Himself over to who he will hand himself over to. Mm-hmm. Okay? So a sacrament has an element, mm-hmm. a command from Jesus, mm-hmm. and a promise of heaven from Jesus mm-hmm. or grace. Okay? We're During life support, we're going to be digging into holy I'm baptism. I'm full credit for that too, by the <laughs> Okay. <laughs> holy baptism and holy communion. Now, what makes those the sacrament is that the word of God is embedded within the thing that you grab a hold of. That's why it's called a physical gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the first one, the thing that's most necessary that brings you to faith is the word of God. Now, the word of God, as we understand it as Lutherans can be three things. Okay. Oh, but before we do that, so two sacraments for Lutherans, seven sacraments for Catholics. Uh-huh. We have all the same stuff in the Lutheran tradition mm-hmm. that the Catholics do. We just consider two of them sacramental. The other right. five are institutions. So what are the other five things called, you know? Marriage. Marriage is one. Yep. Offering? Uh, no. Confirmation. Oh, okay. <laughs> Confirmation. Uh, um, well, let's start with marriage. Does marriage have a command? Uh, well, sure. Uh, can can I can I can I can I can I can I argue my point for for the uh, you asked which three and I said you Jesus and an element sure because it's my understanding that everybody a sacrament would be for everybody yes and so uh, like 
Like anybody can receive it. Anybody Anyone can, can receive it. But there are some in those other five that we're going to go through that wouldn't be available for everybody. Right. But the thing about the other five, even though they may not be for everybody, it's it, it has to do with those events in your life where you grow, you grow closer to God. That's more of a Catholic understanding of what a sacrament is. Uh-huh. For Lutherans, an element, a command from Jesus, a promise from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Is there a command from Jesus to get married? No. Not outside of the general command that we are to be fruitful and multiply and that God created marriage in order to protect that. Mm-hmm. Jesus reasserts that in the Gospels when asked, you know, how many times can I divorce my wife? You know, is there a promise from Jesus about marriage? Mm. Nothing out of the ordinary aside from. Nothing that gives you heaven. If you're married, you don't you don't get to heaven. Is there is there a sac is there a physical element? God doesn't say wear a wedding ring. My wife does. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I was like, most of the that stuff comes in later, right? From the 1900s yeah. and whatnot. Exactly. So, is marriage sacramental? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. You said confirmation. Okay. Is there a command to confirm your faith? No. No. Yes. 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 Oh, there is. <laughs> In, mm. oh. If if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Oh, I was thinking more in, in the terms of going through confirmation. Right. Is okay. there? Is gotcha. there? Well, and so there's a command. Confess mm. with your lips. Mm-hmm. There's a promise. You will be saved. Is there a sacrament? No, because churches take a class picture. Not God's not saying get get your <laughs> face on <laughs> confirmation <laughs> class. Okay. So it's not a, it's not a sacrament. Um, what else do we got? Well, reconciliation. The, reconciliation. Did you Google it? No, I didn't Google it. You looked suspiciously down at your phone before you said. Yeah. That. Yes, I Googled it. <laughs> I, okay, so you. Well, what, you got to be a bit more specific because you could be talking about one of two things. There's extreme unction. And she didn't Google confession. that far. <laughs> I Googled <laughs> Catholic sacraments and it Buzz. gave me. Well, there I'm are gonna, seven sacraments of the Catholic Church. What are they and their meanings? Okay. Well, I was I'm guess looking a at funeral. the preview. <laughs> right, right, terrible. right. That's that's extreme unction or or last rites. Oh. Reconciliation, I believe, is confession. I could see that. So, what is confession? Um, is there a command to confess our sins? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is there a promise connected with confessing our sins? Yeah. Whatever you forgive on earth will mm-hmm. be forgiven in heaven. Whatever mm-hmm. you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a sacrament? No. And this is this is always thought of... That, that, well, right. This is the trick about this being a half, right? Mm-hmm. Luther said that whenever the absolution is proclaimed, you have a preacher proclaiming the forgiveness of sins to you. There you have a very real, visceral experience of God's grace. But it goes in our ear. It's not. I can't grab a hold of it unless I'm going to grab a hold of my preacher and carry him around with me everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. Which you know you're going to get in trouble for that. Yeah, you'll go to jail. <laughs> they won't like it. Their wife definitely won't like yeah. it. So that is holding someone against their will. Exactly. But that's kind of the 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 th- half. Okay. Like it, sometimes it's mm-hmm. con- it's considered a sacrament. Sometimes it's not. But it, God has shown up in your midst through your hearing as your sins are forgiven personally. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's Ryan's you that gets thrown in there. You got to be a part of it. What else do you got? Uh, anointing of the sick. So anointing of the sick um, is tied with extreme unction or last rites. It's not an everyday thing. It's a it's a once 
uh, an ending thing. Mm-hmm. Um, are we commanded to um, pray for the sick? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could say that. Um, is there a promise connected with praying for the sick? Aside from you will be healed, yes, but not necessarily um, a gift from heaven that comes to you right where you're at. Uh, is there an element? Well, the element is is oil. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with it is that Jesus doesn't command that it has to be done this way and that uh, last rites are necessary for your salvation. It, it's not in there. It's, mm-hmm. it's an unnecessary thing. It's no different than preaching throughout your entire life. It's good to get it, you know, to receive it one more time. A lot of people are comforted by that uh, mm-hmm. at their, but, but whether or not I have a preacher anoint my head at, on my deathbed does not, not decide whether or not God is going to accept me into heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the answer would be no for that one. Uh, we got, I think we have one, one more, one more okay. left. Holy orders, holy orders. This is pastors. So is there a command to be pastors? No. No. Is there a promise connected with being a pastor? Mm. I'm say no. I'm going to say no. No, you're right. I mean, there's some things about, there's warnings, like if you're going to mm-hmm. teach, you're going to be held accountable more so than others, mm-hmm. and that no one should be a bishop unless properly trained and a person of good character. These are more like uh, expectations mm-hmm. for the role of the author- the authoritative role that's set apart for the sake of the church. It's not commanded per se that this has to be done this way. Um, and you know what? Uh, it, it, ch- God does not demand that a pastor wear a stole or a an, an alb. What? Uh, those are fancy names from clothes that were popular 500 years ago. Yeah. Uh, a, a church does. Mm-hmm. A church expects <laughs> those things. You know, whether I wear a tie or a stole is really up to the piety of atonement church mm-hmm. um, or no tie at all. Right. Um, it's not commanded in Holy Scripture and there's not a promise connected with it. Sure. Okay. So I wanted to say there was one more. Did you go through them all? Mm, one of the ones was Euchar- Eucharist, but that would be. That's the Lord's Supper. Yep. Confirma- baptism, confirmation, Lord's Supper, reconciliation, anointing of the sick, matrimony, and holy orders. Hmm. That's it? Yeah, it works for me. Yeah, we'll go that way. <laughs> yeah, it's more easier just to remember like two and a half-ish. Right. <laughs> what Paul is talking about with life support has to do with how we experience God. And he talks. He talked about, um, which I thought was kind of neat, the, the, you know, he was, he was comparing it to like a, like a <clears throat> heartbeat machine. Yep, a beeping machine. A beeping machine. <laughs> you know, he talked about. I think he said BP, not beeping. I honestly don't, like the entire time, I was like, what is he saying? I thought he said beepy. Yeah. We'll have to ask him. Well, my wife was laughing at me because I'm like, oh, we're going to have one of those beep beep machines. She goes, beep beep machines? What is that? I go, you know, beep beep, beep beep, beep beep, beep beep. She's like, a heart monitor? I'm like, no, no, not a heart monitor, a beep beep machine. She's also keeping mental notes of, yep, if any of the kids have been in the hospital, maybe DJ isn't the first one to send. (laughs) Hey, the beep beep's going off. (laughs) There's a lot of racket in there. I can't hear the TV anymore. Well, he talks about how these things are, these means of grace are given for our day-to-day life to keep that beep beep machine going, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Just like a heart monitor is only as good as it being hooked up to you. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. experiencing it. As long as you have a heart to monitor. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) 
So, so we're going to be talking about the Lord's Supper in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk about baptism. Today we talked about the Word of God, and, and I liked how Paul put it that, you know, the Word of God is how do you connect with Jesus? You pray. Mm-hmm. Holy baptism, how are you connected with Jesus? It's through the washing of the water. You're connected with Jesus. The Lord's Supper, you're, you're receiving Jesus where he promises to be. Okay? But he talked about the Word of God. Now, the Word of God, I'll sum this up real quick. The Word of God is three things. See, I can just keep playing this three things game. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've heard me say it. Maybe you haven't. But the word of God is three things. Pastor Cross mentioned it on Sunday. Did you hear what he said? What are the three expressions of the word of God? When we when we say the word of God in Lutheran circles, we're, we're talking about three specific things. I just watched it this morning. Oh. But so what's what's Ryan? You, Jesus, <laughs> elements. <laughs> you, Jesus, and an element. It comes to you in three ways. Mm-hmm. I just keep remembering his like comparisons. Though. Yep. Go tr- work it through. If you remember the comparisons, what are the three ways that the word of God comes to you? A preacher. Preaching. Hearing. Mm-hmm. The proclaimed word of God. So when you hear a preacher preaching mm-hmm. the good news of Jesus mm-hmm. and the things of God, mm-hmm. and you can measure it and be like, that's what the Bible says. You know that the preacher is preaching the word of God to you, not, not their own opinions. Mm-hmm. And that's all, a really important distinction. Is this preacher preaching to me the word of God or their own opinions? And mm-hmm. I use that as an example because I've met preachers on the street that were preaching to me their opinions. Mm-hmm. And the reason I knew it was their opinions is because I could measure what they were saying based on the word of God. How am I using the word of God in that sentence? What is it? If I'm measuring... What they said against the word of God, where am I getting the word of God as my source to know what they're saying is not coming from God. It's coming from their own mind. Well, the Bible. The Bible Mm -hmm. is the written word of God. Mm -hmm. So you got the preached word of God, which Mm -hmm. comes out of the preacher's mouth, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the written word of God. Which one came first? The preached word of God. Mm -hmm. Before it was written down, it was preached. It was proclaimed. Mm -hmm. And what was being proclaimed? It's the third word of God, which is actually the first word of God. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the living word of God. He's the word made flesh. He's what God wants to say to you. And outside of Jesus, God kind of plays hide and seek with us. I feel like I'd have been more mentally prepared if I had come in and there were some number two pencils sitting <laughs> Exactly. <on> the- <laughs> There's a test going on. So what is the word of God? It's first and foremost, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus preached. And how do you know that what you're hearing is Jesus preached? the written word of God or what, or the Bible. Mm-hmm. So those three go together and it's Jesus who gives the Bible its authority. The Bible isn't authoritative on its own as an ancient document. It's authoritative about what it expresses about Jesus and what it says about us. That's what gives it its authority. And Paul has said that, that the first life support that we have is the Bible. So what should we be doing? We should be in our Bible every day mm-hmm. for our life support. Right. And when we read the Bible, do you know what we can do? We can go right to Jesus. We don't have to pass go. We don't have to go through someone else. We can pray to Jesus to speak to us mm-hmm. and to connect with us. So that's that's the first life support. We have an ongoing, continual line between the Word of God written mm-hmm. and the Word of God living, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we can hear the preached Word of God and recognize, because that's how the gospel comes to us. It goes through our ears. We mm-hmm. hear it outside of the sacraments, which we hear that too. The sacraments are only the sacraments because you hear the word of God connected with this physical element, mm-hmm. the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. You are baptized in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit. Right. It happens to you. Mm-hmm. 
Same with preaching. Preaching happens to you when you hear it. Okay? Got it. Mm-hmm. Good enough? Yeah, I think right. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, because my arm's starting to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> are we, uh, we going to read off another question? Yeah, let's, let's get into Well, we got to talk about the TOG. We do. This is the only reason the, why I'm Grandmaster <laughs> Grandmaster Todd E. Grandmaster Todd E, the TOG. Continue, yeah, uh, uh, from this point on, known as the Todd of God. The Todd of God, yep. <laughs> that comes from the, the Reverend Doctor. Yep, it did. Uh, uh, <laughs> we like that one the best. <laughs> the Todd of God is great. <laughs> the TOG. So, this also yeah. reminds me of our mob talk earlier because they all had nicknames. Yep. They were mm-hmm. all just oh, like yeah. slightly ridiculous. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, uh, Charlie two times because he said everything two yeah, times. Right, right. Two times. Mumbles McGee. <laughs> Mumbles <laughs> McGee. <laughs> That's what I call my son when he mumbles when he talks. Oh, man. <laughs> He'll be talking. He's real loud. And he just kind of drops off. It's yeah. couple words. I didn't catch that. Can you speak up? <laughs> That's funny. Mumbles you, McGee. That is funny. All right. Yes, this is from the Grandmaster Todd E., otherwise known as the T.O.G., the Todd of God. Todd of God. He writes, in Deuteronomy it says, So Moses, the servant of God, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, and he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Truth. In the Matthew version of the transfiguration of Jesus, Elijah and Moses appear on the mountain with Jesus. When God speaks, the disciples fall down in reverence, and when they lift their heads, Moses and Elijah are gone. Then in Jude, it describes a battle between the archangel Michael and the devil over Moses' body. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. The transfiguration happens 30 to 32 AD, and Jude is written about 25 years later. When does the battle for Moses' body occur? Prior to the transfiguration or after? It would make sense for it to happen before the transfiguration, why was there a battle over his body? Thank you. Great question. Here you have, and, and this is learning to read the stitches on a fastball of mm-hmm. scripture. When is something being literal and, and, and therefore historical, like an, like an historic event? Yep. And when is something being mentioned that's factual? There are times in the New Testament where the Apostle Paul refers to popular culture and not biblical fact Okay, in talking about certain things. Um, what you have is in Jude, Jude is referring to basically a popular story that's come f- that's, that was written down. It's known as the Assumption of Moses. Mm-hmm. It's, what, it's what's known as the Jewish pseudepigrapha. So there's a couple different classifications of ancient writings. And the Jewish pseudepigrapha is Jewish writings that were written pretty much from the 2nd century B.C. to the 2nd century A.D. They didn't make it into the canon of Scripture, Mm -hmm. primarily because they were newer than 500 A.D. Okay. Um, There's some question as to how early Daniel and, and Malachi were written, but, you know, for the most part, anything after 300 A.D., or 300 BC, I'm sorry, is didn't make it into the Old Testament. 
322 BC is when Alexander the Great conquered the ancient world. And prior to there being the Jewish scriptures written in Hebrew, there was a collection of Jewish writings that became known as the Septuagint, and they were translated into Greek for the Greek world and were held at the at the Library of Alexandria, which is the great, you know, it was named after Alexander the Great. It's in Egypt, and it was this place of great learning. In fact, I think one of the great uh, ancient wonders of the world was the Great Library in Alexandria. Okay, so prior to the Hebrew Scriptures being canonized, the the thirty nine books that we know. Um. Genesis to Malachi, you had the Septuagint, which was a Greek translation of the Hebrew writings. After the Septuagint is translated, um, the late 1st century BC to the 1st century AD, the Jewish community basically said, you know what, we need our own scripture. We need to collect our, our writings, the ones that everyone reads everywhere. They didn't pick and choose which books would make it. It was basically just like, these are the scriptures that we've always used in all our synagogues and so on and so forth. And it turned out that it was the 39 books that we have in our Protestant Bibles. In Catholic Bibles today, they have more than 39 books in their Old Testament because they're following the Septuagint, which collected all of the writings that were popular up until basically the the, the first century BC and had them compiled as the Hebrew writings, which included the entire narrative of, of the Maccabees, mm-hmm. which is where we get the, the uh, celebration of Hanukkah. It's around 160, 150 BC where that's established. Okay. But for the, for the Hebrews, the events after 300 BC were not considered recognized scripture that, that God had ordained and given to the people. Okay. That's why both the Jewish religion and and Protestants share the same Old Testament. The Catholic Old Testament and the Greek Orthodox Old Testament is longer. They have other writings that were during that time that were originally written in Greek rather than Hebrew. Okay. Are you following me? Yes and no, Mm -hmm. but we can get to that after you're done. (laughs) Yep. So there's a collection of other writings. One is known as as what we call the Apocrypha Mm -hmm. were writings that were part of the Jewish tradition that were originally written in Greek, they were written after 300 BC, and so they're not found in the Hebrew Old Testament, but they are found in a Roman Catholic Old Testament. Okay. And they were recorded in the Septuagint, the Hebrew Bible that ended up in Alexandria. Okay. That was not written by the Hebrews. It was written by Greeks, translating the Hebrew writings. Okay. After they took over the Middle East. Okay. In 322 BC. Got me, got me that far? Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, so you have um, something called the Pseudepigrapha, and the Pseudepigrapha is a collection of all the writings from basically 300 B.C. to about 300 to 400 A.D. that didn't make it into either the Old Testament or the New Testament mm-hmm. because of a couple of different reasons. All It's not because they weren't liked. It's because they didn't... Um, they weren't, they weren't read by, by the, the Jews or Christians everywhere, every place. That's why the new Testament has the books that it has. Okay. Okay. Long story short, one of those books that was good reading, but wasn't considered Holy scripture was this, the enunciation of Moses. Okay. Okay. Um, it was popular uh, or the assumption of Moses. I'm sorry. It was, it was like a popular pulp comic. Think of it that way. A story that people knew about. 
if you look at what Jude is talking about, he's not so concerned about the Archangel Michael and the devil wrestling over um, Moses' body. Mm-hmm. If it, and, and when did this happen? If it did happen, if, and it's not, holy, it's not coming from Holy Scripture, but let's say it did happen. It would have happened in 1446 BC. That's the first point. Okay. What Jude is making the point of is not about this event happening. He's using the the popular um, literature story to to post a different point. It would be like us going using a character from from um, uh, a literature source, a fictional character, to make our point. Kind of like what we do with shows. Like you know, I mean, obviously, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Imagine someone 2,000 years from now hearing our conversation and going, you know, who is this, this, what is this diehard and why, you know, why, why is that so important for their conversation? Okay. That's what we do when we look back at this. Jude is not speaking about a biblical reference. He's talking about a popular story to make a different point. And that point is he's warning against false teachers and um, people who say that they're Christian that are acting in an unchristian manner. And he uses the example of even the Archangel Michael when smacking down the devil to gather Moses' body because in the story, God buries Moses. No one else buries Moses. Mm-hmm. So God sends his, his, top, his top muscle, Michael, to slap the devil around so the devil can't do whatever the devil's going to do. Okay. Um, the point there is that even in that situation, the Archangel Michael didn't act in a nasty way or use superlatives. He basically just, in God's name, rebuked the devil. Okay. And that's the point that Jude is making. Okay. That you can tell a real leader in the church and, and a person of good character by the words that they use and the way they carry themselves. Okay. Even in even when they're mad at somebody, basically. Sure. You follow me? Yep. Did you get me that far? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you remove the Pseudepigrapha, which is a collection of a bunch of ancient writings, both heretical writings and writings of, of the Jewish people at that time, that builds on stories. And there's Christian writings that build on the stories that we don't know about. Like by about 200, 300 AD, people were, were really wanting to know more about Jesus as Christianity spread across the ancient world uh, because he hadn't come back yet. Mm-hmm. The early ex- expectation is that Jesus would return by 100 AD. And when he sure. didn't, it's like, hmm, we better write this stuff down. And um, people want to know. People got hungry for like, well, what was Jesus doing when he was a little kid? Sure. So other sects, cults really, that were teaching something different than the than the Gospels popped up and began talking about Jesus, like the infant story of Thomas or and, and would say this came from a, a, one of the disciples. Mm-hmm. But the reason why it didn't make it into scripture is because it was, it was obvious that it didn't come from one of the disciples or first century Christians. It was written after 100 AD, 200 AD, 300 AD. And what it taught about Jesus was contrary to both the Old Testament witness and the New Testament witness about the character of God and, the, and, and what it meant to follow God. Okay. Good enough? Mm-hmm. Yes. Any questions? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any? You start, Ryan. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going back to to the number of books in the Old Testament. Yeah. So I know nothing about uh, Catholicism whatsoever. Okay. Really? Sure. For the most part, you betcha. En- enough to be enough to be ignorant or dangerous. Yes. Not enough to be dangerous. Right. Like that one. So 
uh, you talked about a Catholic Bible having more, more. Old Testament books. So, uh, I, yeah, that's kind of where where my question was. So that like you wouldn't walk into a Catholic church and just find your uh, like a King James Bible with one that looks exactly like one that you may have at home. You would not. You would you would really? find you would find if anything a Catholic edition which includes what we call the apocrypha. Okay. So in in uh, right right here I have my Lutheran study Bible. Yep. What Luther did during the Reformation, remember, they went back to the scriptures and measured everything according to scripture. They looked at everything, and they found that the Jews that lived in Germany, and it seemed apparently Jews all over the world, only had 39 Old Testament books. Okay. And they were numbered a little differently, but they didn't have what's known as the Apocrypha for the reasons that I've already stated. All the books of the Apocrypha were written after 300 BC. Okay. In 300 BC, the world, uh, Israel was now being called, or Judea was now being called Palestine. Do you want to know why? Because Alexander the Great named it after he conquered it. He named it Palestine. Palestine means land of the Philistines. Okay. Now, he didn't name that as some kind of pejorative. He named it because he knew who the Philistines were. Mm -hmm. He didn't know who the Jews were. Okay. And Israel hadn't existed for 400 years by that point. Right. 722 BC, they're destroyed. 587 BC, um, Judah, the southern kingdom, is conquered by the Babylonians. The Babylonians are then very quickly, around 500 BC, conquered by the Persians. Okay. Now, it's the Persians who Daniel is speaking to um, in the book of Daniel. He's he's kind of a... Uh, from he's He's a transition person from the Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, to the Persian king. And he serves under this guy named Darius and it, most likely under King Cyrus. The neat thing about King Cyrus of Persia is that he's mentioned in Isaiah that was written around 722 BC. Okay. And Cyrus's name is written in the scroll of Isaiah. So I just picture in my head Daniel going and speaking to Cyrus and saying, hey, you were foretold in our scriptures, the Jewish people's scriptures, that you would restore us to our land. Guess what he does? He restores them to the land. Seventy years after the um, dispersion of the Jewish people from the Holy Land, uh, in 539 B.C., it started in 609 B.C., King Cyrus says, you can now return back to your land. And that falls right in line with all of the scriptures of the Old Testament where God says, if you don't keep my commands, I will send you into exile for 70 years. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. Right. So 539 BC, the Persians are the big dogs on the street mm -hmm. until 322 BC, 200 years later, when Alexander the Great conquers the ancient world. And then what does the ancient world become? A Greek-speaking world. What language is spoken during the time of Jesus? The common language is Greek. Even though the Greeks are no longer the power, they're conquered by the Romans. Okay. But that's why all of the writings after 322 BC that were originally written in Greek and not Hebrew are not found in the Hebrew Bible. Okay. Because they're not considered Holy Scripture unless they were written originally in Hebrew. Gotcha. Okay. I did not know that. I did not know that. When Jerome translated the first Catholic Bible into Latin, known as the Vulgate. The Old Testament that he translated was the Septuagint, which was the Greek 
Old Testament, which included the 39 books written in Hebrew and the other books that were originally written in Greek Okay, and collected. Gotcha. Okay. That was the question I had. So any of our Catholic friends want to correct me, feel free. <laughs> I'm going off a of memory here. I don't have anything in front of me. <laughs> the Library of Alexandria wasn't a seven wonder. It wasn't? Nope, it, it should was have been. Lighthouse. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? In the game Civilization, the great library. And I was like, no, I don't think that's right. <laughs> you mean to tell me that Sid Meier isn't telling me the truth? What? Unfortunately. Oh. I was also like, I'm pretty sure that's because in my head i went through like assassin's creed like those video games oh uh, yeah and sure I was like no so i googled it I so is the lighthouse <laughs> in alexandria mm-hmm. okay there was a great library in there alexandria a, yeah, it was there, known for a great it, yeah, the alexandrians were everything okay. and, yes yeah, it was there it's just not considered a seven wonder according to assassin's creed according or according to, to history to, to, to google the google, google machine okay. to google all right according to national geographic that's okay where I got that. I'll, I'll take that as a pretty reliable source <laughs> so what are yeah. the seven wonders out of curiosity uh so of the ancient world uh, andre so the, the only, giant was one yes no, the he's only the eighth one wonder of the world oh yeah exists. the eighth wonder <laughs> the only one that still exists is the pyramid of giza oh. the great pyramid so there's the great pyramid there's the hanging gardens of babylon yep right the lighthouse of alexandria yep uh uh colossus of Rhodes. yes I'm missing three. Can you even think of the rest of them? What else you got? So I, it's the uh, Statue of Zeus. Statue of uh, Zeus. At where? I can't remember. So these are the seven ancient wonders? Is yeah. It? yeah. So the is the Colosseum considered one? Nope. Okay. Statue of Zeus at Olympia. The Temple of Artemis at, I don't know. Temple of Artemis in, um, I know that one too. or something? E- Ephesus. Yep, there we go. Yep. Mm. And then the Mausoleum at... You know, I don't consider a lot of those things very, like, wonderful. <laughs> right. You can actually probably find a lot of them at in Las Vegas, couldn't yeah. you? I mean, and then yeah. Andre, Giant, oh, yeah. Andre the Giant is the eighth wonder of the world. And yep. The ninth wonder of, of the world is um, another wrestler. Can't think of who it is because Andre was the eighth. Andre was the eighth. I don't remember a ninth. There was a ninth? Yeah. That I don't know. It wasn't Paul White, was it? <laughs> I don't think the so. The Giant. China? Oh, is that who it is? Looks like it. All right. There you go. Yeah, she I, was billed. I was just looking up. We were talking yeah. about Pyramids of Giza, and the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid in Tennessee <laughs> is the fifth largest pyramid in the world. That's a is modern it? great wonder. Yeah. There you go. Gotcha. It it's the fifth largest. What, what's, which one's the largest? Because I don't think it's the Pyramid of Giza, is it? Isn't it? Isn't it in, in like Tenochtitlan or something like that in in techno, techno, in 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 Mexico or South America? Yeah, like uh, it's one of those, like the Aztecs pyramids. Tec- yeah, one of the Aztecs, isn't it? This is according to WowTravel.com. Take that with a grain of salt. So it's not National Geographic. Of course, it starts with fifteen. There's 15 pyramids in this? The 15 greatest pyramids. You know, here we had this wonderful conversation about how authoritative documents come down to us. And now what are we doing? <laughs> we're, like, we're going to the Google machine going, to get, because yeah. nothing's ever wrong on the internet. <laughs> going to the Warren. Oof, Danaya. So Wait, according what? to Wikipedia, because the other article was too long for me to read. Sure. Uh, for ancient pyramids, Giza is number one. For yeah. modern, it's the Transamerican Pyramid. Hmm. In San Francisco. Well, that's good. It's not the Luxor in Las Vegas. <laughs> that's or number like that. two. You're kidding me. <laughs> Memphis is three. The Walter Pyramid in Long Beach, California is four. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Crazy. Okay. 
I do well, like the light on the top know. of the Luxor. <laughs> shines, it is a cool light. Shines don't up to the moon. Don't they use that light in like, Now You See Me? I don't know. I oh, did learn it sense. can be seen from space and it's like a million dollars a day to run it. It's also yeah. like they Whoa. say you can see the Great yeah. Wall from space. And you I think can't. that's a thing though, isn't it? No, no, you can't see it from that's well, a, I mean, that's if you look a fable. Enough. That's a modern, a modern day fable that you yeah. can no. see. You know what? You couldn't see it anyway because of all the light pollution from space. I mean, there'd be yeah, so now much. There be. Yeah, I mean, everything's all lit up. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but again, thank you to the TOG yeah. for such a great also, question. Also, the Great Wall was not considered an ancient wonder. No, I think that's a modern. Is it a modern? Isn't it? Okay. I, don't know. I didn't look at the Great Wall. The Great Wall of, of China. If you notice that the entire... They're all like Greek or Roman. Great Wonders are pretty egocentric <laughs> as to, or ethnocentric to a certain mm-hmm. part They're of the world. They're all just right in that area. Right? Because yeah. I think I think the Mayans and the Aztecs could give them a run for their money yeah. on some of those. And, well, and also, mean, you know, during yeah. the... Isn't Machu Picchu technically where, where, also a wonder so. of the world? think so well i would add all those clay warriors that are oh are yeah in in the great wall of china i'd yeah. put that up mm-hmm. there as a, those yeah, are pretty, terrifying yeah like thousands of them. <laughs> supposedly they're actually based off of i've heard that they're they were they're, each based they're all unique yeah yeah off they're of like off soldier. of people yeah so mulan oh, is shit. in there somewhere that's sure. so cool that would huh. be. <laughs> crazy all right <laughs> let's wrap this up Get us <laughs> all. Just like random. that's all we've got for today <laughs> We started with mobsters. <laughs> yep. yep. That's right. The wonders from, of the world. From mobsters to the Great Wall of China. We cover it all. All right. <laughs> that should be the title of this episode. <laughs> Who wants to pray us out of here? I think you got it, Ryan. All right. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and for this time and for the uh, the the word preached. And, and uh, thank you for Paul and um, his, uh, his ability to... Um, Come up with sermon series, sermon series that people can relate to, and and uh, present them in such a way that that uh, we can we can understand what he's talking about, and we can relate it to everyday life and and connect the dots, and and uh, through that draw closer to you, Lord. And so, God, I pray that uh, for the people listening, if they were not able to see the the sermon, that they would watch the sermon and and um, draw closer to you and uh, to their community and to the to your word lord thank you in jesus name amen amen, amen. all right so for those of you can, who, before you before you close can i add one addendum because i know i'm going to get something back here saying you said 587 but then you said 609 the babylonian captivity was mm-hmm. three exiling uh, uh, invasions by Babylon that began in 609 BC, and the last one was in 587 BC. So, okay. just wanted to put that out there before sure. we get any hate any, mail. Yep. Okay. From the TOG. The T. <laughs> he won't send us hate no, mail. I know, I know. He'll confront you face to face. That's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, just a reminder: we've got services. Uh, uh, as we record this, we're still in Lent. So live Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. on YouTube or atonement.live or atonementfargo.org. You can find our Lent services Sunday morning, those same places at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. You can find our traditions and our modern service. And you can always go back and watch things over on the YouTubes by searching Atonement Fargo. So for Pastor DJ Lura, Dana Mashevsky, and Sarah DeYoung, I'm Ryan Janke. Thank you for joining us and join us next time for another riveting episode of that podcast i was gonna like oscars music you out of there but that that was the npr (laughs) riveting yeah another riveting (laughs) 
see you.